0: Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Every single spring, that first day that I walk outside and I see that yellow dust all over my truck, I'm like, that is Satan's dandruff. It destroys me. I legitimately can't go outside for longer than three minutes because my eyes get swollen, my eyes get puffy, my nose gets congested, and I just simply can't breathe luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies we can live claritin clear with claritin d designed for serious allergy sufferers claritin d has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better this double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing A runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. When I started taking Claritin-D about two months ago, I can finally get back outside and play pickleball again, which is what I love to do, but I couldn't do it because my allergies were so bad. Claritin-D has legitimately allowed me to go outside again, ready to live life as if you don't have allergies Hey there, I'm Maya Shunker, and I'm a scientist who studies human behavior. Many of us have experienced a moment in our lives that changes everything. A moment that instantly divides our life into a before and an after. On my podcast, A Slight Change of Plans, I talk to people about how they've navigated exactly these moments. Because as we all know, the only constant is change. So let's make the most of it. Listen to A Slight Change of Plans on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, 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 hey. What is going on, Human Hope family? Welcome to another episode of the Human Hope Podcast. My name is Carlos Endigo, with you Guzmán Chibó Cabello, or LOS for short. And uh, I got my son in front of me, folding my underwear. LaSai Whitaker is actually uh, helping me right now. LaSai, come over here. Come over here to the microphone. Um, I, I want you to just explain to the audience what's happening right now.
1: Uh, a lot of chaotic stuff. I'm packing for my dad right now because he's about to go away um, to get uh, to just nowhere, basically.
0: Why, why am I going away, Losai?
1: To go write his book because he's a bit behind. <laughs> and when
0: did I make the decision to go away? What, 30 minutes ago? 30, maybe 15. So thank you, Losai. Losai is actually um, uh, helping me pack because I have to record the intro to the podcast let's are listening to right now, which is coming out today, which is tomorrow for me, which is part two of our Hope for the Innocent. And I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be unplugged in a treehouse when you're listening to this. So I just need you to know I'm with you, even though I'm not listening to it today. Obviously, I've listened to it before because, well, I interviewed the guy. And I just want to let you know how appreciative I was of how how many of you shared last week's uh, podcast with artists and honestly, how excited I am about this week's conversation with Wayne. Wayne, it's like the second half, but also kind of the first half of the conversation with artist Wayne. I'm telling you what, this brother has been through it. So we're actually seeing the back end now of what a wrongful conviction looks like. Last week, we listened to somebody that was in prison. They were recording this from the library. And this week, Wayne himself is going to let us know what it's been like since he's been freed from a wrongful conviction. You see, when Wayne was uh, incarcerated, he again when when you're incarcerated and you didn't do it. I, I want to get deep into the mind of what he was thinking, where he found his hope. His name is Wayne Burgess, and he is one of artist's best friends. Again, who we listened to last week, and we're gonna we're gonna hear about the hope that kept him going, but also we get a point of view from somebody that has been released, right? there was you know i'll let him get into the specific of the case which we got into a little bit more specifics of the case with this week than we did last week because obviously he's already out artist is not out yet and it's a it's a troubling it's a troubling story uh, it's a troubling story of of a wrongful death it's a struggling story that involves a child it's so trigger warning. Honestly, um, this, this is the depth of pain that comes out of this story may be different than the depth of pain that came out of last week. So just know and understand that if this is something that maybe you don't want to listen to, you don't have to. We don't get into the specifics, but the overall sc- scope of what we're talking about is really sad. And so Wayne was arrested and he was coerced into a confession and finally was proved innocent over 20 years later. Wayne goes into detail today as to like what it was like to share a cell with somebody that did not like you. I'm talking about 23 hours a day with somebody that couldn't stand you, that wanted to hurt you, what made it uncomfortable for you. I, and and I, I mean, just even that story in my head, I think to myself, if Wayne can make it through that, then I can make it through the struggles that I'm going through right now. And I really want you to lean into the beauty that is the Tennessee Innocence Project, and how rapidly they were able to pull this off. January 13th, 2022 was when they entered into Wayne's life and he was released in May of 2023. So I want you to welcome Wayne and also his son Jarvis is also sitting at the table with us. And to hear from his son about, did he ever even think he was going to be able to see his dad again? I think you're going to enjoy this conversation with our new friend, Wayne Burgess. Okay, Human Hope Familia, I am in the That Sounds Fun studio with Wayne Burgess, uh, his son, Jarvis, and one of his attorneys, Jason, uh, from the Tennessee Innocence Project. And I have been uh, looking forward to a few weeks to hang out with you and talk with you. Um, This podcast is called Human Hope. And as I'm looking across the table, I see a human, and I see a human that probably has a lot of hope inside of him. Wayne, why don't you just tell me your story? Tell me a little bit about your story, who you are, and um, just your story of the last, you know, I'm not asking you to summarize 25 years of your life, but just, just give me your story.
1: Well, you wanted the story of when I was uh, arrested? Yes, sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is this pretty lengthy, though? <laughs> okay, let's go. Let's go. Okay. I, I remember getting off work. I worked to this place called Fastening and, and Company in Pulaski, Tennessee. Okay. Okay, and then I got off that evening. Uh, no, my girlfriend picked me up at that time. Okay. Okay, so when she picked me up, and she uh, and we went to Lawrenceburg, Tennessee, on that on that evening. Okay. You know some facts uh, vaguely I still remember, but some I don't. Okay. Okay. But uh, then uh, when she when we went over, went to the furniture store, she had this child with her. Okay. Okay, and then we went. We left the furniture store. Then we went to Sonnets. Okay. So and then and then the baby started start start making some noises, like crying and stuff like that. And I asked the mother. I said, "Has she had anything to eat today?" And so so, so she said she did. Hmm. So I said, "Well, we're gonna go over to Sonnets and see the feed her anyway." Yeah. So anyway, so after that, we as the story goes forward, we come we come back to her place. Is it, it was so sort of like a. To where she lived, like a, I'm not gonna say apartment, but it was a section eight, okay, sort of like thing. So we li- we went, okay. So uh, then when we went there, then here it is. She, we all went in together and stuff like that, and then stuff like that. Is she, I remember sitting down with the baby and stuff, and um, and then the baby still was just making some noises, mm. you know. And then as she she went upstairs, then she had to go outside. Okay. Okay, so when she went upstairs, then it came back, the baby started making all these noises and noises like that. And so it was sort of like uh, saying that, hey, you know, I said, I said this baby needs to go to the doctor. Something not right. Something like that. Okay, so now all of a sudden, the baby was start making weird noises and, and stuff like that. And so she came back downstairs. I said, you need to take this child to the doctor. Okay, and then she, she said, I just, she was trying to say it first. But she said no, nothing's wrong with her. Mm-hmm. I said something's wrong with this child, you know, you know, because I had a child of my own. Sure, yeah, yeah. You see, he he's he right said, here. He's, he's sitting right my here left today. And you're right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and so so she rushed the rushed the child to the doctor and stuff. Then and when uh, when she, no, she had to go to go get her bag in my car. Okay. When she came back in, it was just a little short time, and then came back in, and then she, she I said, you still need to take this child to the doctor because I'm not big on going to the doctors. Right. I'm not big on that. So I said, you can take my car and go. Okay. And so she went on, you know, she went and stuff like that, and then uh, they, I heard, and then I heard later on the child had been passed away. Wow. So, you know, while she
0: was while she was at the doctor.
1: Yeah. Why well, now? Once she went to the hospital.
0: Oh, okay. Okay.
1: Okay. The emergency room, I think. You know, then, uh, then all of a sudden, then we, then the, the next day, yeah. Okay, I remember that uh, I was at the uh, Greater Richmond Creek Association building, uh-huh. okay, and I was just helping out. Then all of a sudden, got a phone call, so the police asked me to come down. Okay. Okay, and so, uh, so I, I, I voluntarily went. Okay. Yeah. You, know, you, you just went. Yourself. I just went. You know, because you know, so when I went there, you know, uh, we had that busy. That's the first visit. Okay. Okay. Then, 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 when I was the next time I was at Martin College, Methodist College. And then all of a sudden I got a call to come to the police. And when I called home, they told me to come to the police station. My mother told me mm-hmm. they would look at me outside. I said, okay, i go. Yeah. So that's when the, <laughs> the second, the second time. Second time there were two, two policemen there. Okay. Okay. They, you might call them best or good, whatever they are. Okay. And, uh, and they were questioning me and asking me questions as okay. t- and stuff. And then, you know, um, you know, the first visit I asked him about. I said, "Do I need to, I need to do this?" They were, "Well, what do I need to do?" Because I, you know, I've never been in trouble before. I right. don't know. So, uh, in the second visit, there are two police officers. So as Joe Robinson, the one of officer, was kept questioning me about it, about the incident. And I said, and "I said, I don't know." You know, so the other guy. He was asking me questions, he was, and so the answer wasn't like what they wanted it to be. Oh, okay. Okay, so so all of a sudden, he said, you know, all I know is a truth." Yeah. And so here it is, they said, he threatened me. He said he would put his put in my rear end. And so the other guy was sitting over typing up something. Okay, so when he was typing up something, he just pushed us over and asked me, said, this is just basic procedure. I said, if it's basic procedure, you know, I ain't got nothing to have, so I signed it. So he ended up, it was a confession he typed up.
0: And he he told he told you it's just basic procedure.
1: Yeah, basic procedure.
0: And you signed the confession. And were you tell tell me this, Wayne. The first time you went down to the police station, were were you nervous at all? You you were you you weren't even thinking anything because you're like, Oh, they probably just want to talk because
1: Yeah. They just want to talk to me. I just figured they just want to talk. And so after you signed that confession,
0: was that was that the beginning of the end? I mean, did you ever leave the police station after that?
1: I mean, you know, they allowed me to go home then. Mm-hmm. Okay, but then later on, they, they it was a police from my arrest. Oh wow. Okay, so that's that's how it ended. Then we went to trial. Yeah. And then we went in, and we went in the trial. Then we had a, a jury of none of my peers. Okay. Okay, because every jury member that was uh, African American got kicked off. Yeah. Okay. Really? Yeah. So then we had the hearing and stuff like it. It was just like it went so fast. I said, yeah. "I said what? I said what's going on here?" You know, wow. I had I had family members, I had friends, I did all this kind of stuff. You know. So then, from there, the conviction was they, they found me guilty. They did. Okay. So then I went to went to prison there in Harmon County.
0: Were Were you? Can I ask you a question? Were, um, during the trial, towards the end, did you have a? Feeling in your stomach, like you know what, they're they're gonna figure this out. Like I, I'm, gonna, I, they're gonna realize that I'm not guilty. Or were you were you thinking, oh no, this isn't going, this isn't going good. I feel like I, this may go the wrong way.
1: Well, I felt like this. I said, uh, I said, every crooked stro- road will be straight one mm. day. So that's where I felt.
0: Wow, every mm-hmm. crooked road will end up straight one day. Wow. So uh, you you get convicted and then life begins incarcerated. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about that?
1: Well, there's so much to tell about this situation. So, you know, here I am going to, I said, where is Harman County at? I said, of all places I've heard, you know, I, I've never heard of Whiteville, Tennessee. Yeah. But then I heard of Bolivar, Tennessee, but I didn't hear of Whiteville. Okay, so they so the bus takes me in. You know, we go in. New people could get off the bus. Mm. Okay, they go to what they call intake. Right, in, intake. In, intake is, is they give you your clothes. They give you where you're going to be housed at okay. and all those type of things. And, give you know, the typical stuff, you know, like medical and stuff like that yeah. and uh, things you need to know. Okay, so I go there and uh, I'm going into a place. You know, I'm walking down, home, but they, you know, and I said, you don't know what to expect. Right. Because uh, cause I don't even think I should be here right, at all. Right, yeah,
0: totally.
1: Okay, so. As I, as I just said, uh, God be with me. Mm. So when I went in, it was I ran into some guys that uh, you know they were sort of low key. They were in the church and uh-huh. stuff like that. Uh-huh. That here, then I felt a little bit more calmer and calmer. Uh, okay, and a then, comfortable. Okay, but then there was you got all types of stuff. You got you got gangs over here. You got mm. um, you got Crips over here. G's over there. You got the Aaron Nation. You got all that. So you know, I don't still don't know what to expect. Yeah. Okay, but you know, uh, and so, but and then, then when I got with some of the other guys, you know, and then the guy, you know, every new guy comes in, everybody's gonna check you out. Yeah. So, uh, so they, and then these, I'll never forget. This one, uh, this one affiliate guy came up to me. He said, uh, "He said, who you affiliate with?" Who? I said, "I'm affiliate with JC." <laughs> and he said, "Say who is JC?" I said, "That's Jesus Christ." Uh. So, 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 so. That's the, your gang. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was my gang then. <laughs> so, uh, so I went in and got with some gas and they, they were trying to show me some ropes. Yeah. And so I'll never will forget that, uh, uh, O head that came up to me, he said, Hey, he said, he said, when you, when you talk, when you got too many people you fool with on one hand,
0: mm. that's too many. That's too many. Did you, did you just say O head? Can you explain what that... Okay, O-head means that
1: that somebody has been incarcerated for some years. Oh, or some years okay. under their
0: belt. Okay.
1: And they saw like, that they, they know the ropes a while.
0: Yeah. Did uh, you end up as an O-head? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because okay. you were you were there long enough to be yeah, an O-head.
1: Yeah, And oh. so, and then I was, many were there. Then I saw some men that, uh, when they started telling me their stories. Yeah. You know, they were, I feel like they, some of them didn't have no, uh, what you call, a male in the household. mm and so uh, so then, then, you know, I kind of try to help them, give them some kind of guy. Yes, yeah,
0: yeah. This week, we are partnering again with Indeed. Indeed, I think that you need to go check out Indeed if you're looking to hire quality individuals to work alongside you and partner with you for the greater vision of what it is you are doing. Indeed is the... The capital T-H-E, hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. So instead of just digging around, going on, listen, don't go to Craigslist, please. No, go to Indeed. And you don't have to dig around. You can actually find matched candidates right away. They streamline hiring with so many powerful tools that find you matched candidates the moment you click Submit. They've got this thing called Instant Match. Over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. So, listen, I have heard within the last three weeks of four people. Let me see. Yep. Four of my friends that are all hiring. You know what I need to do? I don't need to just have them listen to my podcast. I need to call them and tell them to go try out Indeed. I haven't done that. So, I'm going to give it a shot. Is it you? Are you one of my friends? Are you the fifth one that is looking for somebody to come into your organization? Try indeed. So this is what we've done for you. Start hiring now with the $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash human hope offered good for a limited time claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com slash human hope just go to indeed.com slash human hope and support the show by saying you heard about it on this podcast indeed.com slash human hope terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed. Wayne when you uh when, when you go, walked into that prison for the when you're like okay this is this is about to be my life and and I think I may know the answer how were you able to handle that first season with some semblance of hope how how were you able to every day wake up did you have hope in possibly the justice system working out and you getting out at that point or was your hope and you know what my hope is the fact that I'm going to be able to survive you see the difference like Either hope in getting out or hope in just surviving day to day. Where was your hope lying in?
1: Well, my, my hope base was, I'm glad you asked that. Because yeah. uh, uh, that night, I never forget that night. It was on a Friday night. Wow. And it's sort of like a a calm voice
0: mm.
1: came through me in my spirit. Yeah. And it said, it said, don't worry about this. Do this. Wow. Do what you know. So church has been my basic background.
0: Okay. Okay. So you felt that still, small voice at night while you're laying there um, that says, don't, don't worry about tomorrow. Everything, I've got that under control. Just worry about what you, who you are and be that. How, how quickly were you able to um, start? You know you talked about starting to help some of the other inmates in there and some of the younger kids that yeah. maybe didn't have father figures. Like how quickly did you step into that role of maybe being a little bit of a mentor? Well, you know,
1: uh, when you're in prison, the people watch. Uh huh. See, see, it's it's uh, it's, it's it's not how straight you can talk; it's how how good you can walk. Oh wow! So when uh, when they seen that, then they then they saw me talking to this other guy. Mm-hmm.
0: This
1: other guy had a little bit of influence, and he said, "Uh, and he said who?" And they they asked him, "Who's that guy right there?" Uh huh. He said, "He don't even look like he should be in here." Wow! Because he said he said he's different. Yeah, he's different. Then I got. I went from one Friday night. I went to a service. It's called a, a service called New Life in the Spirit. And from there, you know, uh, when I went in, I really feel felt some calmness in. Yeah. And then it came back to me. The voice. The voice it came back to me again. He said, He said that's where you need to do my work at. Wow.
0: In those services, you were incarcerated for I think around twenty five years. You know, for the average listener that's listening to this. Podcast, they've never been incarcerated. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I was incarcerated for one night after some bad decisions when I was younger, uh, but but nothing compares to twenty five years. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us, especially knowing that that you were innocent, I mean, literally innocent, and you're in there. What were some of the harder times? The the because I'm sure it wasn't all like you know what like I've got hope and things are great. Can you share one or two times that that maybe were the lowest seasons while you were in there?
1: Mm. Well, you know,
0: um,
1: I was in this cell one guy, and you know he was uh, he was affiliated. Oh, okay, okay.
0: Affiliated with with a gang. He was
1: okay. a, a particular gang, and he was a real real guy. He was a real real guy, but. He tried to make it uncomfortable.
0: He did for you.
1: Mm-hmm. So then I had to learn one thing is that, uh, that you had to get a little aggressive okay. in my voice. Because yeah. I'm really a soft-spoken guy. Yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. So I had I had to let him know. I said, I said, hey, man, whatever it comes to. But remember that, you know what, well, you barking loud. Mm. But ain't nobody here but me and you. Mm. Wow. So... See the bark is for the audience, uh-huh. so, so I had to let him know. I just said, I said, well, then do you know, I said I'm not scared.
0: Yeah, wow. How long did you have to room with? Um,
1: mm. be a no, he, right? didn't wanna, he didn't want to. He He didn't want to leave. Oh, he didn't. He said, he said you the best thing I ever oh. had. <laughs> so
0: he's he's barking at you at the beginning, but then he's like, no, I need Wayne in my life. Mm-hmm. T- talk to me about your friendship with artists. Talk to me about um, yeah, I, you know, I got to talk to artists mm-hmm. uh, a few weeks ago. And uh he that man loves you. And <laughs> so and so talk to me a little bit about what that relationship looks like.
1: Oh man. <laughs> you know, because uh, he is the one that uh told me about the Insta project. Okay. And uh, man, we've been friends for a while. We've been friends for a while. You know, he's a big guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's a yeah. Big guy and, <laughs> and uh and you know he was over the Muslim community, uh-huh. so we both I was over the Christian community. Okay, so he I, I didn't tell about that story, but uh I ended up being, on, being over the Christian community and he was over the Muslim community. Wow. and so we communicated. so when we had fellowships with dinners and stuff like that uh-huh. in the prison and stuff like that for our own communities, yeah we worked together. yeah, yeah you know and so he ended up to be a real good friend he did. He did. You know, I,
0: I I think this is actually really beneficial for people that are listening right now. A lot of people, you know, the last few years have a hard time getting along with people that aren't like them. Have a have a hard time getting along with people that don't believe like them. But the fact that you are a Christian man, and you got a really close friend that's a Muslim man, I think people can learn a lot from your relationship with artists, you yeah. know? Why, why don't you talk to the people that are listening that are having a hard time getting along with people that don't believe like they do? Mm-hmm. How, how is it that you and artists had this such a special relationship?
1: First of all, I got I to respect him as a man first. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's good.
1: Okay, so... Uh, Put that on a T-shirt. <laughs> so, as uh, a that, we had mutual respect for one another, mm. for what he believed in. Yep. And what I believed in. Yep. But in, in, in it all, we had a uh, common ground, though. Okay. You know, so we, and so when he saw that I cared about him as a person. Yeah. He cared about me as a person. Wow. Wow. So then from there, we started, you know, we saw each other, whatever I need, he, he brought it for me, wherever I could help him at. Uh-huh. In his community, because I worked in the chapel at that time. Okay. And I got to meet a lot of different things, a lot of different people. Yeah. So what they believe their belief system is. So I respect everybody's belief system. Yeah. You know, if your belief system can do more more than you than what somebody else can do, okay. I'm all for it. Okay. That's great. I mm-hmm. love that. And so, you know, when I found out that we all came uh got something in common. Yeah. And so so we started not only that, so I started with uh with him and then other belief systems. Okay. And I got with all the leaders. And anything I could help them with, uh-huh. I would. Wow. So I was sort of like assistant chaplain or something like assistant in there to help to help out yeah. when the chaplain wasn't there. Okay. There was some situation the chaplain couldn't handle that I I could. Sure. And so he didn't have to worry about it because I I would make sure things are taken care of. Wow. And so that and when they people saw me trying to help them. That's how the respect came across a the prison.
0: Then you, you reach out a hand to them, then suddenly you find them reaching out a hand mm. uh, to you. This week, Human Hope is partnering with Green Chef. I am not the one that cooks the Green Chef ingredients. That is my wife, only because she's a way better cook than I. But what I do love is the flavors and the options that Green Chef gives us. What in the world is Green Chef? Green Chef is a CCOF certified meal kit company. Green Chef makes eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle. So listen, if you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, all the things, Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit your preferences. If you're looking to stock up on snacks and clean beverages to energize you, shop the new green bundles which are now available listen they do snacks they also help you not lose track of healthy eating habits during the holidays holidays are coming green chef will help you you can taste the flavor of thanksgiving the flavor of christmas while staying healthy green chef helps you eat clean the delicious way all november and december they got recipes like buttery lemon garlic shrimp hello somebody They've got some maple butternut squash risotto. Hello, somebody else. I mean, this sounds amazing to me. And also what I love is they're also sustainable. They offset 100% of their delivery emissions as well as 100% of the plastic in every box. So listen, if we need to hug a tree, they're doing it for us as well. All right, listen, for Green Chef's best deal of the year, you get $250 off with the code HUMANHOPE250 at greenchef.com slash HUMANHOPE and the number 250. Again, that's greenchef.com slash HUMANHOPE250 to get $250 off. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. Talk to me about when the Tennessee Innocence Project came into your life, and and how that felt, and and maybe that infusion of hope that was like, wait a second, things may change.
1: Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, really, it was you know when our when the letter was written and stuff like that, and uh, you know, our artist he had told me about it to write to write the Tennessee Project. I said, okay, all right. So I did. Oh, because it was artists. It's it him. He's the one that he's told the one that told me. you. Okay. Yeah, right. And uh, he said. Uh, I so I'm telling you, he said, there's some good people, you know, because uh, sometimes even though that you can have the best faith in the world. Yeah. There, there's a little doubt sometimes in you, especially when you're locked up, you say. Absolutely. And, That's and only then, human. And then, uh, so I, I said, I, I do it. I do it. So one day, I think it was on January 13th at one o'clock, they said, you got a visit. There's no visit during the week. Mm. <laughs> There's no visit on no Thursday, right? And I said and I went in and I said, uh, I said, are you sure? They said, yeah. He said, said, you got a visit. So all of a sudden, I was working on this one job. They said you got a you you got a visitors coming on in because they said they put it up on uh, when they came in the vi- the, the yeah. employees they the, all visitors that are coming in. They said. Uh, Tennessee C wanna see you. Huh. I said, I said, I said, I had forgotten. Ah, you forgot you even wrote the letter. I wrote the letter. I thought, because when I wrote the letter, I said, I thought I prayed before I did oh, I wrote wow. it. And wow. so I said, uh, you know, and I, said, I told I told God, I said, if it is your will, mm-hmm. that your will be done. Wow. So uh, so all of a sudden I remember that and then I, I went in. I, I went out front at first <laughs> when they come in. And then he had uh, another lady that was with him, and I think it was Sarah was her name. Okay. Okay. And uh and said, so, and this uh, I saw him. You saw Jason. Uh, and then she said, There he is. Yeah. <laughs> I said. And then I, I went on into the visitation, and then uh this lady named Jessica Van Dyke. Okay. She came, she came and she greeted me. Cause the artist she was visiting artists. Okay. Then she uh she came in. She said there, I see. and the artist said there he is. She said she said my name is, and she told me she introduced herself, so and then came through the door came Jason. Then came then Jason. Jason and Sarah, and uh and I said uh I said then I said to myself I, well, I see what I see what this is gonna be all about. Mm. Okay. Uh, so wh- when when was that? How many years ago was that? Uh, same as January 13, thousand twenty-two. Okay. Wow. And, and then uh. The, I never forget it because his birthday is January 10th. Jarvis is okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay, All right. and uh, so uh, when I, I went in, you know, Jason introduced himself to me, and uh, he said, "Uh, let's to the tape over here," you know, and, you know. Uh, and I said, I said, Jason, he seemed to be nice and stuff. Yeah. For the first, I said, "This guy's a lawyer." <laughs> 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 I said, I said, I said to myself, uh, and then. But uh, he came when he said What do you
0: think Jason looked like if he didn't look like a lawyer?
1: you don't wanna know You wanna know. But uh, Jason he came in I remember the first thing he did, he crossed his legs and stuff and he's sitting there, he was talking to he induced himself. He said, Tell me something who Wayne Burgess is. Mm. And come in, and uh, and I told him who I was and he seemed what got me was that he seemed to be concerned. Mm. You know, everybody you meet, though, don't always seem to be concerned. Right. And so uh, it was, see, uh, it, was, it was in his eyes. Yeah, yeah. It was in his eyes.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, because eyes are key to the soul. Yeah. And so it's something about his eyes mm. that he was
0: concerned. And you trusted it.
1: No, I trusted him.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: trust me. him. That's important. And then, uh, and then the lady with him, Sarah, she was real nice. She was real nice. And then he, I remember when he <clears> said, uh, at first Jason said, uh, he said, "I'm not." He said, "I'm not promising anything." Yeah. But uh, you know, he said, "I'll just let you know that uh, we'll look into it. I'll let, I'll let you know." So then, uh, then from there, I we had, we I mean, he just stayed on top of it. We stayed on top of it. Stayed on top. Even we even had Zoom conversations and stuff okay. like that. So he, you couldn't ask for a better man.
0: That's awesome. And so from that from that moment in January of 2022. How long was it before you walked out?
1: I walked out was it? It was uh, was what? May May twenty third.
0: May of twenty twenty three, w- which to me feels fast. I'm no attorney. You can look at me and figure that out really quickly. Um, I don't probably have the same look in his eyes, but that that seems really fast. And so, h- how, I mean, did you feel like
1: that was fast? You know what I, I said? Uh, compared to some people. They uh, uh they talked about the things coming to like now it it was it was fast because he stayed on top of it mm-hmm. I think yeah. Because because uh, he he was really concerned about this yeah. situation you know cause yeah. they, first of all he said you know uh, and I truly believe that he believed in me
0: yeah that's great yeah to know that
1: and so so I said I turn around you know a year can pass real quick yeah I say that's fast yeah because every month. Just about Jason always, mm. he either came to see me or he uh, he had me on Zoom conversation. Okay. But he always lived, stayed in, kept me informed. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, so the Innocence Project, I couldn't could, could think of no better thing. Than, oh, than wow. It
0: did. Couldn't think of no better thing than the Innocence Project. I, right, I love that. Right. You're you're sitting, you know, we've, we've been talking about Jason like he's not in the room, but he's actually two feet away from both of us right now. <laughs> right. Uh, but on the other side, uh, you got Jarvis. You know, on the other side, you got you got your son, mm-hmm. uh, who you know is sitting in a podcast studio <laughs> with his father. Um, first, why don't you tell me w- what it was like to be able to begin to spend time with your family and with your son again?
1: Well, you know, uh, <laughs> well, it started off on the rocket stopped, uh start <laughs> when I get when I get out of prison, bro. When they let me out, they, they freed me. Because I ended up with getting sick. Oh, you got sick? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, the day I got out. Wow. I had a, what they you call, kidney failure. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So I had spent some time in the hospital, so, uh, but he was right there. He was. He wow. picked me up. Oh, he did? He <laughs> picked him up? Yeah, yeah, he did, he did, and um, he'd been there all the way, you know. Wow. Uh, you know, I tell him stories when he was little and stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh... And we, uh, sometimes we go look at pictures and stuff, like his grandparents had pictures and yep, stuff. Yep. And he's, uh, he just, uh, you know, the image, slid in to me.
0: Wow, really?
1: Yeah, because he'll find himself sometimes. He'll sit just like me. But Oh, he, he will. You know, and <laughs> when I see him driving sometimes, I said he drives like he me. drives like, like me. You, His he, hands on the steering wheel yeah, the same yeah, way. Everything, everything, and he and he dresses real uh, nice. Yeah, like he does. I did. yeah. so
0: <laughs> so I did twice. He is they, they, Wayne is not telling a lie. He, Jarvis looks good right now. So he he is dressed yeah. good. Yeah, he is dressed good.
1: Yeah, and. Uh, Hey, we yeah. even went bowling together. And stuff.
0: Oh man, you went bowling together. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. About, yeah. Jarvis. What? What? Uh, t- tell me what it what it was like to finally have your father free. It's kind of been the day I had always been praying for. Yes, yeah. being able to reconnect and have that father son relationship. Yeah, you know, it's been having his challenges just with his health and everything. Sure. Just trying to schedule stuff. Yeah. But uh, you know, I told him I was like you know whatever you need whatever you got to have yeah. i'll be there for you so everything's been going good that's that's amazing that's yes, sir. amazing when while while he was incarcerated what did did you have hope that he'd get out one day yes sir cuz you know i didn't get to go and visit him until i got a little bit older okay. like a teenager yeah just my mom she just wanted to wait until that time sure but, that makes sense but um you know me seeing him again it was like you know why are you here? Like you've sure. never hurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it just, I was like, something, someone, somewhere can do something about this. Right. So I'm just glad it was the Tennessee Innocent Project. Yeah, that's and great. Yesterday. That's great. Mm-hmm. So you're grateful for the Tennessee Innocent Project. Yes, sir. Too, I'm, I'm very so. grateful. <laughs> that's great. That's great. Well, Wayne, I just want to tell you thank you for sharing your story. It is very inspiring, and I and I hope that a lot of people that are listening will take a. Honest look at you know what, there there there's people that are incarcerated that are innocent, and uh, the fact that you're sharing your story hopefully gives everybody pause, to uh, you know maybe even look at what the Tennessee Innocence Project is doing, uh, and support what they're doing because, you know I see a miracle sitting in front of me right now, and mm-hmm. so I'm just I'm I'm grateful that you shared your story so thank you
1: mm-hmm. yeah
0: any 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 last words you'd like to tell
1: the audience? No, it's just that. Uh, I always knew that we was going to get out one day. Wow. And then some, something hit me, you know, once, once I, get out, I get out and get out. he said, you get out because you're a child of the king.
0: Wow. Wow. Look at that. That's awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for being with us. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Wayne, for sharing your story. Thank you, Tennessee Innocence Project, for Getting us together and for the work that you do. I would encourage all of you to go find the Tennessee Innocence Project online, find their Instagram, find all the things uh, where you can support them. If it's something, if it's a cause where you feel like this is something you want to even back financially, that's also available. If it's just something you want to share, that's available as well. They're doing such good work. And again, i just grateful that you guys lean into this conversation, that you lean into some of these more difficult conversations with me. It is something that I believe Matters Uh, If we can hit some Dr. Delight. There he is. Hi, friends. Thanks so much. Next week, you're not going to want to miss it. We got something. Hang on. Next week, for, for the longest time, I have been asked, Carlos, will you get the perspective from a police officer on this? A lot of times we're talking about the justice system and what's wrong with it. Can we talk about what's right with it and maybe what's wrong with it, but get it from the perspective of somebody That has worn the badge. So, that is what we're doing next week on the Human Hope Podcast. Thank you guys, and I will talk to you next Thursday.